everyone, and welcome to episode four of Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Orthodox women from New York discuss all of the geeky things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Shek, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Tamar Herman. Hello. And S.M. Rosenberg. Hi. So today uh, we were going to record our kind of normal style episode with obsessions and and other such things, but... Um, very, very sadly, we got the news that Carrie Fisher passed away today. It's uh, December 27th when we're recording this, and we just wanted to have a little segment talking about Carrie and about uh, the many, many other celebrities that we tragically lost this year uh, because 2016. Um, so I guess just to say a little bit about Carrie Fisher, who we lost way too young. Uh, she had a heart attack a couple of days ago and, yeah, passed away today. She played Princess Leia in the Star Wars saga and was a brilliant screen doctor, a script doctor and writer on her own right and was a very vocal advocate for mental health and was overall just a very inspiring and unapologetic person. Any thoughts from you guys? I don't know much about her, the rest of her acting career other than Princess Leia and her own, you know, memoir. But I always, I was very happy that she was part of the Force Awakens, and I was looking forward to seeing more of her as General Leia. Um, and yeah, that was, I don't know, selfishly, that was one of the biggest pangs when I heard that she died was that we're not going to have any more of her in the movies. So we actually will get more of her we're gonna see her in the next one well they've they filmed anything that they already filmed but they completed the filming of the next one yeah they're gonna have to truncate her arc somehow yeah i mean i i'm i'm happy we'll get to see her i'm sure that they can work something out yeah so we you know we will see her um in episode eight yeah i don't know i mean it's just really sad um tamar do you have any thoughts so i was a really big return of the jedi fan and like yeah she has like the whole gold bikini going on but as little like she came in and saved han she like killed jabba the hut like she was such an icon for me as a kid and that was like i was obsessed with that movie um so i i she had like a really strong part of uh she had a really strong role in my childhood and was a really big icon in my childhood uh, so she'll definitely be missed, but I, I also really was in awe of her advocacy uh, for mental health awareness. And so I hope that that legacy kind of lives on and surpasses her legacy as Leia Organa, because like that's just a movie. Like I want her acts as a person also to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah, I have some friends who you know, really looked up to her and, and loved her memoir, the, the Wishful Drinking. And interestingly enough, um, totally didn't know this, but she was Jewish on her father's side. Mm -hmm. um, and was, uh, at least in 2008, she spoke to the uh, jweekly.com, which, and she said that, you know, she remembers her father singing in shul, and uh, she used to go to Friday night services and would have Shabbos meals, and she said, uh, there's such a loveliness to lighting candles and saying what you're grateful for that week. It's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I mean, obviously, have probably spoken more about star wars so far on this podcast than i've spoken about any other one thing and like i'm just Beclimped. yeah but i mean i'm also realizing like something that I, I realized a little while ago is that like when one of my favorite lines in star wars is when luke says he's talking about the force and he says you know um i have it you know my father ha has it um and my sister has it and like the intense i know it's luke saying it but like that really i remember being really inspired by that and like that Leia has the force too and Leia in addition to all of the strength that we already knew 
um, could also be a part of this club. And I think that Leia represented that. And I think that all of us who, especially women who consume media nowadays, owe just a huge debt both to Leia and to Carrie. Yeah, so another thing we're going to talk about is um, all the other people who died this year because 2016. Um, so, Sucked. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we started this podcast, so yay, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tamar, who 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 would you like to talk about? Okay, so he, he like passed away like the second week of the year. So I want to start with David Bowie. I didn't grow up listening to Bowie, but I, I think a lot of the music that I listened to has really uh, been influenced by Bowie. And I think that he was such a, a large presence on our pop culture scene. Like, I really think we owe a lot of the modern state of pop culture to David Bowie. And I, I kind of, I wrote an article about this after how like how far his reach was as a musician and as a pop cultural icon. Um, and that was the first time I ever wrote like a, a memorial post to anyone. And so like, he's memorable to me for that also. But I just think that he was really this larger than life persona. And the fact that he, the year started off with David Bowie passing away was kind of like, should have been a sign that like, this is just going to all go downhill now that he's left us. Mm-hmm. I definitely spend part of January like listening to his music. Like I really liked Black Star. I watched Labyrinth scenes way too many times this year. I'm uh, <laughs> just trying to remind myself like, oh, like he's gone. Um, and I also, I guess I also, should I go on to my next one or should we do like a round robin? Um, whatever. You you could keep going. All right. So, um I don't know how many other people like were affected by Bowie, but I think everyone should have been. I had very little uh, idea of who he was and what he represented until he died and everybody was talking about his legacy. Um, but I'd never seen any of his movies and I'd never heard any of his music because I live in a pop culture black hole in some respects. So <laughs> I, I, I knew about uh, Bowie, obviously, and I, I knew that he was a tremendous musician and I think I'd seen Labyrinth once and I'd thought it was makeup, just the you know, weirdest with, like, thing the lightning on his face yeah like that was that was the extent of my bowie knowledge yeah but i, di- I didn't personally have a huge connection to him so it was you know him and prince um both it was it was more like incredible to me to see how many people were affected by their work yeah. and leonard cohen yeah uh, so i actually dyed my hair purple like the day before prince died like a, it was supposed to be lilac and then it turned into a bright 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 purple and i was super super annoyed and it cost me a lot of money that i didn't want to pay and like for the next like month people were like oh my gosh did you do that because of purple rain and i was just like no <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it definitely my shower looked like purple rain after i showered the first time and my hair like bled purple all over my white curtain and white tile so that was great um i don't know i think both prince and david bowie probably had a larger impact on our generation than we think because they were already past a certain place in their career but they've affected so many of the pop cultural icons that we're aware of and like lady gaga is like a a complete throwback to david bowie or at least she was before she decided to like rock a cowboy hat or whatever she's doing nowadays <laughs> her first really big hit was just dance and, sh- and she literally emulated david bowie down to the makeup like she had the lightning bolt and like her style of being super flamboyant and super um out there and also had taking a very like a musical sort of sense towards her music videos like kind of making this cinematic short clip that had the theme and a plot and everything that was very bowie-esque and like prince also I think that 
most of our pop culture, most of our most of the artists nowadays, if you ask them who they'll miss the most from 2016, it would probably be Prince and David Bowie. So I think they had a really large impact on our pop culture. And we just don't really recognize it because we were kind of too young after past their peaks. And also, I mean, not a lot of it depends on what your parents listen to. So yeah, my parents yeah. definitely did not listen to them. Yeah. Uh, SM, who who would you like to pay tribute to? Okay, so I want to talk about uh, John Glenn because he died very recently and he was 95 so it's it's less sad than most other deaths because you know he had a nice long life um he did so many things but i remember in third grade when he went back up into space and he was 77 and he was the oldest astronaut and third grade was also the year that the phantom menace was released and this was the whole big star wars reboot and i was the biggest star wars fangirl so there was this combination of of star wars happening and john glenn real life astronaut space hero person going into space so i feel like those were always very intertwined for me but i didn't really understand what his significance was in terms of I knew he was the first man to orbit the earth I didn't know what that meant until I just saw the movie Hidden Figures it's about the women in NASA's space program who calculated his trajectories and launches and landings it was incredible what they had to do the people who went up in the space capsules and they were genuinely risking their lives because no one knew how to do these things and they you know they tested them on unmanned flights and there were a lot of failures and there was a lot of re- rethinking of all the calculations and the methods. They figured out how to launch someone into space, but th- nobody had ever figured out how to get them down again. In the movie, you see that that is the pivotal component of trying to get to make sure that John Glenn gets down safely. And it's just incredible to me that I felt like I fully understood how brave somebody had to be to be willing to go into space, not knowing if they would ever be able to come down because such a thing had never been done before at least not by you know american scientists it had been done by the russians but it had never been done by american science scientists and he had to just he had to really trust that they knew what they were doing but also have the courage to to go and i don't know i just i feel i felt like i never really understood that until i watched that movie and i just saw it a couple of days ago so that's why i wanted to talk about about john glenn even though his passing is not really a tragedy on the degree that of all the other celebrities that that passed away, because, yeah, he was old. But, yeah, John Glenn, really cool. Yeah, he was a very cool dude. Um, uh, to go back to the more depressing theme, I just, I don't really have much to say, but I feel like we should also give a shout-out to Alan Rickman, obviously, who, um, you know, played Professor Snape and the dude and Dr. Lazarus. Yeah. Dr. Lazarus <laughs> in Galaxy Quest. Yep. His best uh, role, in my opinion. <laughs> and also um, Anton Yelchin, who very, very yes. tragically died from a horrific accident and was also Jewish and just, you know. Okay. Anyway, any, anyone else want to want to say anything? <laughs> Otherwise, we should. Uh, I, 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 I apologize if this episode is just horrifically depressing, but like. <laughs> you know that's life this yeah. year i i do want to pay respects to gene wilder because mm. I, I think that for not for our generation but for like our parents generation he was one of the first jews on screen acting as a jew um 
like he was I, I remember watching the Frisco kid for the first time and like clearly he wasn't actually a rabbi in real life but like he was killing chickens like come here chicky 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 <laughs> I, I don't want to hurt you I just want to make you kosher um and I think that like the producers was like a very Jewish New York show I don't know I just feel like like he also was definitely older um so I feel like he lived a good life and I actually did uh, not know he was still alive at the time when he oh really I was like oh he was still alive yeah I don't think he was as old as we probably think he he was was super old but no I think he was in his 70s was he in his 80s he wasn't past 90 um so but I mean he definitely I hope had a fulfilling life I of course don't know his like in in the interior of his mind but I think that a lot of his movies are some of my childhood favorites um, although I've never sat through Blazing Saddles and finished it, so which is still very <laughs> odd. I just don't know why. It's like his only movie I can't watch. So I just I don't know. I think he was a very Jewish actor at a time when Jews on screen were often like made fun of and in joke and like the puns of jokes. And he kind of just like he he was doing it to be funny, but it wasn't the punchline wasn't that he was Jewish typically. I just really respect him as an actor, and I'm I'm gonna be sad. Yeah, and of course there are many many more, but. You know, because this year was amazing. <laughs> this, oh my goodness! I mean, I, I'm going through this list. Tomorrow sent us a very helpful list, and uh, oh my god, Ellie Wiesel, Jimon Perez, Ron Glass, Leonard Cohen, Kenny Baker, Doris Roberts. Jaja Gabor. So I'm waiting for an article to come out that kind of shows a correlation between their peak, either popularity or the most important aspects of their career. And, like, the year that they died, because I feel like a lot of people have been saying that, like, this is the end of the 80s. Like, 2016 killed off, like, the most important, at least, pop cultural celebrities of the 80s. And I'm wondering if all of the people we're discussing had some... uh, Oh, quite a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) They're all going next year. Oh, my God. No, don't say that. That'd be like... I'm just saying, the next, like, five years, I feel like the, they're just going to drop, like, flies, and it's going to be terrible. Um, or George Michael <laughs> okay. yesterday, um, who was Jewish, which I did not know. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. yeah Harper he Lee was, was not Jewish. but No, Harper Lee. And Florence Henderson. Um, I really hope that the 80s don't end yet, because that means we have to, like, say bye to Madonna, and I think she's still pretty young. Yeah. Oh, God. I bet. She's still yeah, releasing music. Well, anyway. Hopefully 2017 has less traumatic death yeah or just uh, no death God. everybody yeah. everybody lives yay yeah no that's not happening <laughs> okay thanks <SM. laughs> all right <laughs> anyway um moving on we are going to discuss rogue one a star wars story which is sadly connected but you know whatever um we've all seen it uh it came out uh i guess like a week and a half ago at this point and we all have thoughts. So, SM, why don't you kick us off? Well, I should start out because I feel like you guys should fangirl first and then I can burst everybody's bubble. Well, I think I mean, unless usual, you're not going to fangirl. We're in a little bit of a spectrum of fangirlisms. I don't think fangirl. I'm going to fangirl yeah. at all. Yeah. I did not particularly uh, enjoy the movie. I thought that um, if it weren't for the big climactic battle, it would have been completely unmemorable. It just, the characters were very flat, and the dialogue was very dry. There was very little that was fun or clever about it. Yeah, I just didn't have, you know, much to to add to it. You know, it just, it was kind of there. It kind of happened. I feel like it's how a lot of people feel about The Cursed Child. 
you know, just oh, kind of there. Oh, it's not as bad as the Cursed Child. This is a little better than yeah, the Cursed this Child. Is, I don't know. I never read the Cursed Child, so I don't have specific feelings, but this is how people talk about the Cursed Child, and this is kind of how I feel uh, <laughs> about I, Rose I, If you'd read the, the Cursed Child, no. The Cursed Child feels like I, a I violation probably, of everything I, I don't you love. Know, I probably would, ha- would hate it more. Um, but, yeah, I'm still waiting for Cursed Child to come to Broadway because I haven't read the book, and I don't intend to read it um until i can see the play but that's off topic there was just so much potential there were a lot of great ideas but the execution i felt was lacking like they had just great ideas for you know you have a character who has been through all these things and is you know is is apolitical and then gets drawn in um and becomes a leader in the rebellion and that's a great you know that's a great arc but I didn't feel, I felt like the writing underpinning the character was just missing. Um, and she was mostly like a blank slate and they gave her some really cliched speeches to give and they had people react to them like they were great speeches, but they weren't. During the lead up, Michal was talking about how she wasn't so excited about it because it just looked like a heist movie and we know all the things that are going to happen and we we know how it uh, how it ends and whatever, it's not... It's not very interesting, um, and I was advocating that a heist movie is a great thing because heist movies are super fun, and you get a whole bunch of disparate characters together, and you have them all play off each other, and each one fulfills a role, and they're just fun to hang out with, and everything is is enjoyable to watch, and there was just so little memorable character interaction and relationship building between any of these characters that... Like I know some some friends who like they they couldn't follow what was happening because they couldn't keep track of who was who because the characters were so flat. It was a disappointment, and the fact that everybody loves it, I really am not sure what movie they watched. I have talked to people who who agree that like you know it was short on character, but it didn't bother them because they just liked the universe and they liked the story. And for me, if a movie doesn't have memorable characterization and memorable dialogue and interaction is just it's just going to be flat those are my thoughts i mean i think you know the character stuff is definitely worth talking about but um tamar what what were your thoughts we actually saw it together uh it was really cute um i I agree a lot with what i'm saying i definitely think that there was some very odd choices for how they wrote the characters and and the plot in general and kind of how bland a lot of the movie was uh i didn't find the final battle scene redemptive i thought it was it was like nice callbacks to like a new hope but i didn't really think it was anything more than that like i liked all the nostalgia but it's problematic when your best character is a droid it was very funny but i i i really felt it fell a bit flat the only redeeming quality of this movie this is going to be a huge spoiler is like the end how everything just stops um i thought that was literally the only way they could have salvaged that movie was by killing them all off which is exactly what they did but like i hated all the characters i never wanted to see them again like yeah there would have been so much more impact if you'd actually cared. like i liked cassian and Jin literally only in the last three seconds of the movie i found her Mm -hmm. her kind of whiny and kind of like I, I get apolitical, like, and I think that this movie could be looked at this really great metaphor for people who aren't really into politics getting dragged into it because of the state of the world. And, like, that'd be great. But most of the articles I've read and most of the reviews I've read seem to... I don't know if it's an, if it's people are aware of this or if it's just something that people are speculating, that there was quite a lot of edits made. Well, they did go throughout. back for reshoots and, they, and a lot of, well, most of the... Um 
the material that we got in the trailers was not in the movie. (laughs) Right. So actually today when I was looking up to make the tweet for the nice Jewish fan girls, Twitter, um, one of the, the best quotes I had found for as, for Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia was from the trailer of Force Awakens. So, like, clearly things get cut. But I was reading an article about Rogue One about, like, why there was so much. And Disney's answer was essentially marketing people liked those vi- those clips. I felt like a lot of things fell flat. I don't think the plot necessarily didn't make any sense. And, like, because someone thought it was a good idea to make a prequel to a, a prequel that has a prequel itself, like... I, I don't know why anybody thought we needed 3.5, but somebody thought we did. And I don't think the idea itself was a bad idea since it got the okay from someone for no apparent reason. But if you're gonna make a movie that like, we know where A and Z are, you need to fill in everything else. It should be better than this. Like there was, I never want to go rewatch this movie ever. Like I don't care. Exactly. Only thing I might want to rewatch is the final clip where they're like, "We're gonna do this really cool CGI thing," and you're gonna be like, "Wow!" That was the only thing I cared about. I thought the CGI was actually very impressive with the faces, um, like Tarkin, and yeah, the final scene. But yeah, special effects do not make the story better. So for me, and one of these days, we've got to see a movie that you guys like and I don't. As to Rogue One, um, I do need to see it again. I'm not in a huge rush to see it again because, I mean, that's anyway how I kind of approach movies, but also like I very much felt that seeing Rogue One for me was kind of like when I was a kid and my father would have war movies on in the living room and like I would always be like, why did that guy die? Why did that guy die? We just got to know that guy. What happened? It's not a movie that intensely pleasurable to watch because it's, you know, they're all doomed. And um, I I mean, I think some of this might be from just my like covering the movie a little bit. And like when they released like the characters names, like I memorized those names. So I knew who everyone was and had some idea of what they were doing. Um, before we met them in the movie. So to me, well, I'll agree that the characterization is not like, it's definitely, you know, the the movie does not deserve any awards for characterization. Mm -hmm. I do think that there are, I feel like the characters are more like combined as a force and like they all collectively make up different parts of that of that energy and to me that works like I really like Chirrut and I really like Baze I love their interactions and the way they work together I really like Bodhi I, you know again I, I'm not I'm not saying that like they, I just they did feel like there's thing. so much missing like you know Bodhi is a really interesting character in theory because you know he defected but you don't really get a sense of really why you know why he was working for them in the first place why he defected you know I, mean, um, I think you get you do just, you you know it, you just get you get very broad strokes you know and like you don't f- I, I you don't feel any of the character struggles you know I mean it is Star Wars so I I didn't expect like great like emotional uh, I mean it didn't have to be chat. great but like it just felt so blank it felt like you know there were just like huge chunks missing okay so I also felt that way about Episode Seven. So I might... Yeah, no, I felt that way about episode seven for sure. That's why I didn't like episode seven, but at least the dialogue was better. Right, episode seven, the the plot worked and the dialogue worked. And so even though the the characterization wasn't like necessarily like really deep beneath the surface, it was just all like very uh, shallow. I I didn't have a problem with it. I haven't gotten the chance to say say this yet, but I I didn't really... My feelings about this movie are very complicated. Like I'm not... Like, I didn't walk out of it going like, oh my god, I love this. However, I did walk out of it feeling like I had 
experience something very um, moving and very much more important to Star Wars than I had anticipated. Um, like, I, I mean, personally for me, the 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 end battle and you know the aftermath of of what happens on Jeddah, I found that hugely moving and 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 the you know the the race to get the Death Star plans away from Vader and for the Tantive V4 to escape like to me now has a resonance that it never had before and like um I I really felt the intensity of it I felt the importance of it I don't know like like for me I, I again it's it's not necessarily that I'm like I do think the movie has flaws like I think that there's a lot of flaws and you know the the pacing like you know like we like whatever, we, we connect these people and then we go to Yavin and then we leave Yavin and then we go back to Yavin and then we leave Yavin and then we go back to Yavin. Um, you know, that that's certainly an issue. And, like, Saw Gerrera gets killed off way too early and Galen Erso gets killed off way too early, uh, you know, for, for a lot of these things to kind of have the intensity that, that you would like them to. And obviously there is the issue of, like, the the invisible women um, who, you know, like, we, we actually... You mean- Jin's big speech wasn't just repeating Cassian's words to her. How could a woman? No, I mean, I, I didn't think her speech was bad. I mean, I think that that was interesting, and that like it it kind of started to click for her. Um, I, I don't. I think honestly, for me, the 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 flaw in the characterization is most evident with Jin because I feel like everybody else is more consistent, and Jin is like. She she just kind of what they need her to be. Well, yeah, to drive the plot. Yeah, and you know. The fact that, like, we don't get to see her react to, you know, her father, really, and to, to talk with him and to, you know, uh, any of that, um, I think, is is troublesome. Um, but in terms of the women, I was more more kind of referring to the fact that, like, there's no women in the background, basically, and there's very few female pilots, and um, it's just, like, very frustratingly male. Although I will say that I think the movie does a great job in terms of racial diversity, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think that Rogue One happened to really draw attention to kind of the cost of war, and I really appreciated that. Like, I, I, when going in, I I kind of wondered if they if the most of the main characters would die, since it was a one off film, and we clearly never heard or see saw them in the prequels that came out decades ago. So like, none of them would be alive. I didn't really, I wasn't really conscious of that going in, but I really was surprised by how much it made me concerned for like their team of rebel like their little like soldiers that they were unleashing on Jedha. um like these were just guys who were trying to make amends for bad things that they've done in the name of rebellion and that was kind of like they were literally trying to build a new hope and for themselves and for the alliance and they went in essentially the minute she gave her speech and the minute that they all went on that on rogue one like you kind of had this feeling like they're all quite aware that they're likely not going to survive this and and that's okay because if they're able to get the plans to the alliance and they're able to help with this one major thing uh, one major plot point um they'll they'll help and i think that was something really that nowadays we don't really get in war because we think of like not just like in the movies but in real life war is like fought between governments and fought between like nuclear powers or fought between whoever has the biggest guns and and that's not really what war is and that's what not really what rebellions are and rebellions are really about the small the little people who are trying to get something bigger and i think they made a really good point 
on Yavin that like they just don't have the manpower. They drew attention to that, and they kind of drew attention. I think they made a new hope a little bit uh, more impactful for me because you kind of realize they were really at the end of like their rope, like they were contemplating just giving up. I think that's the only thing that this really added to the Star Wars universe for me. Yeah. I mean, well, and I, I don't think, you know, obviously it's a you know, multi-million dollar movie, but I, d- I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that, no. like, um, I mean, to me, you know, I, I, ha- I have a pretty sensitive cheese, cheeseometer, <laughs> like cheese sensor. <laughs> you know, I, I'm usually, like a lot of gin speeches, I like, I was a little bit like, all right, you're, you're like playing, playing the violins here a little bit. Um, but, you know, going back to Carrie Fisher, the, the last line of the movie, you know, when, when, they finally get her the plans and the Tanta V4, you know, leaves and um, they they actually have a chance, you know, for the first time in, in ever maybe. Um, and she says that, like, they have hope now. Mm-hmm. To me, I like I'm aware that it is cheesy, but it's also ultimately. To, so to me, that hope is what Star Wars is all about. And when I get the strength again to rewatch Rogue One, I, I do want to pay more attention to the way that theme plays through because I do think that's important. And um, I don't know, to me, I obviously I feel like it could have been a more successful movie, but I do think that it does a lot of a lot well. And I think that, yeah, it, it, it kind of means a lot to me that it exists and that it, it, it is as uncompromising as it turns out to be. I think you hit a good note, like the last like 10 minutes of the movie, I think were the best, the whole of the whole thing. Like there was, that the climax was important for once. Like I don't usually feel like movies have the really important climax that like older movies have, but Rogue One did. Like the whole movie doesn't matter, but those last ten minutes did. And you know, if you see it again, maybe the rest will matter more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe I did like Cassian. Yeah, I, I I actually think the scene between Cassian and Jin when they're fighting um, over over Galen, I thought that was a very powerful scene. I thought that, that worked was, really well. Also, we didn't mention it, but I did like that we kind of saw a little bit more of the religion of the Force. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that will be another uh, topic of discussion. No, we can't time. discuss Rogue One again. I mean, just... <laughs> in, well, we can if I decide to and you guys let me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm, I'm talking about that because uh, I just saw my friend Allison wrote an article about uh, religion in Rogue One, so... Ooh, um, send it to me. I want to see that. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but um, I'm like, oh, damn, why did I not think to write that? Anyway, oh, um, we're, we're uh, kind of going to end it there. Um, we have kind of a short episode this time, but, you know, it is the new year, and, and some of us, well, all of us actually have to go light Hanukkah, Hanukkah candles. Um, so... Yeah, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, SM, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on my blog, smrosenbergblog.wordpress.com, and on Twitter at Floating Spirals, and I also occasionally contribute to the Nice Jewish Fangirls Twitter. Awesome. And Tamar? Uh, my articles can be read at billboard.com, and I can be followed on Twitter at Tamar underscore underscore Herman. That's two underscores. And I can be followed on Instagram at Tamar Herman NYC. And I'm Michal Schick. You can follow me at Ink as Rain, I-N-K-A-S-R-A-I-N. And you can also read my articles on Hypable.com. You can email us at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. We highly encourage you to do that. Email us. Um, Also, uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, That would be extremely helpful for us. And, um, yeah, we are also on Twitter at JewishFangirls. So uh, as we say goodbye to 2016, 
2016 and look forward to 2017. We hope for, uh, I guess, a secular Shana Tova. And I'm going to end this one with May the Force be with us, guys. 